Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., CNH, is the best-selling author of the ebook The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now. Available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Welcome, everybody. Good evening. Thank you so much for listening to The Secret to Everything. We have had some upsets this evening. Mercury Retrograde is still in effect. Our beloved Kareem, he sent me a text, and I don't know if he's in Cork or Connecticut, so I'm not quite sure where... He ended up, but we have some other exciting developments. We have the most beautiful and talented Kara Marie in the studio with us tonight. Formerly, or still I should say, she is the host of Strange Days Indeed, which is also heard on Blog Talk Radio at various times. Right now she's on somewhat of a hiatus. She's coming on and she's going to be screening our callers and hanging out in the chat room and chatting with everybody who is in there. And it's kind of an interesting story how I met Kara. I met Kara kind of randomly, although I don't believe much in life happens randomly, when I called into Brian Trabig's show, Simplicity, and I think she was his co-host at that time. And they were just talking, and I felt led to call in and give her a random reading. And it's funny because I know she always tells a story, but I think she said, when I hung up, I think I was still listening, and she said, I feel like my best friend just left. And oddly enough, since then, um, we have become very, very good friends. So I'm thrilled to have her along, and I'm looking forward to, as the secret to everything grows, having her with me and facilitating that growth. She's also an extremely gifted intuitive. We'll get her to come on a show another time and make it kind of all about her, but there's a link on my website, The Secret to Everything, and it, I think it's under services and affiliate practitioners, and Kara is actually available for email readings at a really great price right now because she's just famous, not super famous. So I'm going to say... Aw, Kimberly. <laughs> I have to interrupt say. you. <laughs> Why, Missy? Why? <laughs> 
because it's so weird. I, I'm listening to you talk about me, and it's just like I keep wanting to interject. Like, aw. Oh, well, that's nice. Um, yeah. So, and I also cool. wanted you to know that I was here, that my mic was on. So. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was just gonna say, um, you know, I was gonna bring her on and say hi to everybody. And like I said, everybody hanging out in the chat room, please send us your questions or, you know, what what you would like. I think Ian just texted me, Kara, he's 716, just so you know. Um, so we'll bring him up in a minute. But we're going we're gonna to let him be quiet because I know once he gets talking, he'll keep talking. So we're going to let him <laughs> hang out and chill just a minute. <laughs> and we're going to talk about our wonderful and amazing guest tonight. Do you have anything else you want to say before I rant on um, the August guests and our guests this evening, Kara? Uh, well, I think it's going to be a wonderful show. Like you said, it's been laced with Mercury retrograde. Everything's happening very quickly, but it's a wonderful night to be on, and thank you so much. And I'm excited about your guests. If anybody wants to call in tonight, I think you should because I'm screening the calls. Uh, the guest <laughs> call in is one six four six five six four nine seven one two. That's one six four six five six four nine seven one two. And I'll be in the Thank chat room. So I right. say hello. Yeah, everyone say hello. And I will be to a random caller just randomly because that's how I feel like everything's going tonight. I will be giving away a product that is in development, and I'm really, really excited about it. One of the questions everyone always asks me when I work with them personally or long distance is, how how do I raise my vibration? And I really give them a bunch of lame answers. Not really lame answers, but there's really no amazingly great, terrific way um, unless, in my opinion, and through years and years of experience, unless you have kind of that spiritual experience yourself, which no one really quite knows how to get to or if you go to a healer that's able to kind of facilitate that vibration and do um, some kind of energy work on you and kind of amp up your vibration. Of course, there's a lot of modalities that will do it in small increments. But anyone that knows me knows I like things done in a big way, as rapidly as possible. So now we're developing a product that's kind of an intermediary between, um, you know, having me or another healer that works like me ramp up your vibration. And we're developing these MP3s. And, Kara, they are absolutely stunningly amazing. And in general, they're going to raise your vibration, and then specifically they're going to raise um, the vibration and attract basically whatever the title is into your life. But I did two of them so far. I did a daytime one and a nighttime one, and the nighttime one actually puts you in, it has brain entrainment and the binaural beats, and it puts you into a theta state, which is so nice for nighttime, and it has a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of benefits. And I'm going to be giving that away later in the show to just a random caller. It probably won't be to the first one, probably won't be to the last one, so hopefully we'll have a lot of calls. Now, without further ado, um, maybe we'll talk about some of how you can get a hold of Kara and I and Ian and whoever else rambles on to the show later. Um, Ian will be coming on. And Ian, I got to know when um, he came on when I was doing a paranormal show with the Intuitive Paranormal Society. And Ian is amazingly gifted himself and he's a very interesting person, but I'll let Ian in a minute tell you about Ian, which is probably better than me telling you about Ian. So we will get to our guests in a minute. We have two wonderful guests, and I'll introduce um, our first one in a second. But really quickly, I'd like to go over the August schedule because I'm super, super excited about it as well. Next week, actually, Alfred 
from IPS, and you're seeing a theme. I'm kind of partial to them. I might have to get Stephanie on over here before it's all said and done. But he will be host, guest hosting with us next week. And we're going to be talking about the JFK Conspiracy. We have a couple authors coming out that wrote a fiction book, but they say it has a lot of truth in it, so that will be kind of interesting. And then the second half is going to be Jerry Smith, and Jerry Smith also wrote a book. And I believe he had a lot of, like, severe tragedies in his life. Somebody was murdered in his family, and he's really kind of figured out his way through that. On the August 8th, a good friend of mine in Kara's, Melinda Carver. She's a gifted medium and intuitive, I know, and tarot reader and a whole bunch of other things. Um, she and I are actually getting together this weekend, so that'll be fun. Aren't you jealous, Tara? <laughs> and... Um, She's the host of Positive Perspectives on Blog Talk Radio as well. Sunday nights, I know she sometimes does other nights, but Sunday nights usually at 8. I know she has a show, so she'll be August 8th. You don't want to miss that. And I know she's doing free readings. On August 15th, we have um, Shoshana. That's a tongue twister. She is actually Shoshana's the first half and Michelle Heber is second half. Shoshana's an energy healer and does a lot of work with energy medicine, so that'll be really interesting. And then Michelle Hebert wrote a beautiful, beautiful book that I've been reading. It's laying here somewhere. I was looking for the title on it. So it was called The Tenth Door, and it is just super awesome and great. It tells about her journey toward enlightenment. And then on the 22nd, um, the first half we have Dr. Joy, and she's going to talk about conspiracy theories in the end times, which is kind of interesting considering the whole mind calendar thing that's going on right now. The second half is kind of a new friend of mine, Jared Hewitt. Um, he and I are going to be hopefully making the rounds of the Telesummit circuit together this fall. And um, he works with somebody that I know pretty well. Um, he's an energy healer, and he will be all, be all good vibrations with him, I'm sure. And August 29th, we're going to wrap it up with, you may have heard of Ava Gregory. She's a channel and a consciousness coach. So we've got a great action-packed, thrilling, exciting August coming up. Well, I'm going to bring, or Kara, could you bring on Ian? I'm going to see if he's still there. He didn't fall asleep yes. during my rambling. without further ado, Mr. <laughs> Ian. Where's the drum roll? That's what I'm waiting for. I know, we were missing that. Kara, <laughs> we'll have to get that you. sound bite. Yeah, okay. we will. Well, Kara's going to amp it up for us. She's going to bring us into the, I don't know, current time, awesome. I guess. So are you ready for tonight, Ian? I was born ready. Uh, yeah, I have no comment to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With poor James has been holding. He's like, I'm not sure if I want to be on this show anymore. But um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce James Boyd, Jr. Um, he is a speaker, a mind power coach, and the author of How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. Great subject. Um, he closed 160 other books in his book, so he's done his homework. This book is actually available worldwide through Ingram Book Company and also through Indra Publishing House. He's also going to publish two more editions that will be in Italian and Arabic. He also publishes, publishes a free monthly newsletter, Mind Power and Money Easing. Um, he's lectured on metaphysics and spirituality with an emphasis on manifesting abundance of personal favorite subjects of mine. He believes that in today's economy, the information he shares is more needed than ever, and that his teachings could actually mean the difference between financial success and financial ruin for your family, business, or organization. So I would like to welcome 
James Lloyd Jr. to The Secret to Everything. Good evening, James. Good evening. It's great to be here. Uh, How are you uh, folks doing? Sounds like the gang's all here. Gang, we're going to grill you. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I have the heat lamp ready to point it at you. I think I'm ready for it. That's all you could bring, Ian? You couldn't bring anything well, stronger than that? Well, the heat lamp is just like, put this pressure on. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so um, you wrote this book, and how long ago did you write this book? And if you could kind of give us a little bit about your background and what led you to write this book on this topic. Well, I uh, published a book back in November of 2007, and uh, I do believe that the book was divinely timed. It was not long Mm. after that that the economy uh, took a nosedive, and so I think my book, uh, you know, came through at the right time and was positioned to uh, help people to uh, climb back up from that. And as far as my background uh, leading up to this, I first came to California uh, more than 30 years ago as a young man from New Jersey, and uh, that's when I started, you know, soon after finding my first books on metaphysics and mind power. And the subject really just gripped me, and um, I started reading, you know, basically every book I could get my hands on of those types of subjects and related subjects. And within a few years, I started, you know, teaching small classes uh, on, you know, manifesting and and spirituality around San Diego and uh, also over in Sedona, Arizona for a while. And, uh, you know, one thing I found, even when people would come to my class who had been studying metaphysics sometimes for years and they had had results with uh, the teachings and the different techniques, but universally it seemed that people would have a problem with money. You know, they would say things like, well, why doesn't it work for money? Or how come I can't make it work for money? Or, you know, it seems to work for everything else. And so that really intrigued me, number one. Number two, um, I was highly motivated and interested in using these metaphysical techniques um, for the specific purpose of attracting money. Because I I realized it doesn't take a genius to figure out that with enough money, uh, so many other things become easier in life. And so, you know, I did uh, start working on other books over the years, but um, I eventually um, got in on this book to this book, and, you know, uh, life happens. And uh, it took me nine years on and off to, to write this little book, but I finally did uh, did write it and did publish it. Wow. Did you say nine years? It took me nine years, but remember now, that's on and off. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean... For instance, the 160 quotes, well, I started out with probably closer to 300. And in those nine years, uh, even though I had already read hundreds of books, I read all of those books, basically, for the most part. So it was uh, just just gathering the quotes, you know, and things like that was a huge, huge undertaking. People, they wouldn't have an idea unless they, they went through the process, you know. And if you change one quote in the book, but you want to use that author, then you got to check all your other quotes, and it's kind of like a domino effect. And it, it took me months at, towards the end just working with the quotes. So, yes, nine years on and off. A lot of that was off, though. So I just had other things that kept getting in the way. Wow. Like you said, that's well, life. Go ahead, Ian. Oh, I said, like you, like you said, that's life. You know, 
things come up, kind of veer you off from the whole thing. So accumulated time, would, like it was over a span of nine years, but accumulated, how long would you say, you know, it took you to write it if you were to start and not stop? Oh, uh, there'd really be no way to tell. But, I mean, it would be months on end, definitely. Eight-hour days, you know, Ooh. seven days a week. It would still be months on end. You know, writing writing is hard work. And, you know, the amazing thing is you could sit down and read this book in just uh, um, a sitting or two. And if yeah. you put all the, the reading that I did, you know, I mean, 100, 200, 300-page books cover to cover over that span of time, I mean, I, I couldn't even venture to, to calculate Time-wise, how long it you know it would take, but certainly it consumed me, and it was just it was a large part of my life. I mean, I even before I started on this book, I really lived and breathed these types of subjects. You know, I was always reading one book or another, and things of that nature, and then of course uh, applying what I learned. You know, with various levels of results and learning from my successes, learning from my mistakes. And uh, just just really uh, taking it all in and uh, going through the paces, you know. Very nice. Well, James, would you, would you say that um, would you say that you have think you've kind of found the keys or the secrets to manifesting wealth and abundance in your own life? Have you really seen these principles work over the years? Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean. You know, uh, I mean, just unbelievable things. You know, I once wrote that I could I could tell you of unbelievable um, financial feats I've accomplished with mind power, but you probably wouldn't believe me, and that's because they're unbelievable. But you know, um, about a year, like eight years into this process, uh, I actually, you know, just because you know this stuff, even if you're writing this stuff, doesn't mean that you're you're on point and you're really doing it. And so many other things get in the way, and sometimes you can have. Uh, you know, great results, like I had had a six-figure windfall, you know, several years before this particular time um, using these principles. But I found myself uh, in my household $50,000 in credit card debt. And at the time, I was using an extremely – I was uh, working a very low-paying job as a, as uh, actually a, de- a caregiver to a developmentally disabled senior man. Very trying work, but very low pay. And uh, I actually quit my job. I actually had kind of an epiphany or just a a changing moment in my life, and I realized I was, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't go on like this for another eight years. You know, I had to, I had to kill it or cure it. So I quit my job, and I devoted every moment, you know, basically night and day to working on this book. Um, And I, you know, I did some, some other things. I mean, I, I went into a period of silence. I did some fasting, and not only was I working on the book. You know, uh, um, just every day on it. But I was really applying, 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 applying what I was teaching, what I was writing about. I was just really focusing on it. And within just a few months, um, the household saw two separate six-figure windfalls come in the door. And these are things that you know, you know, and and those weren't my first six-figure windfalls. And these are these are not like business deals or or things that I worked for or or you know being paid for a book or something. These are just kind of like windfalls that come in other ways. And um, uh, people who know me are familiar with my story of getting out of uh, ten thousand dollars in credit card debt many years before this. Uh, another time was in credit card debt, ten thousand dollars, and I came up with one very simple. 
uh, one technique. That's all I used, and it was affirmation. And I came up with this affirmation. All of my credit cards are completely paid off. And I did it morning, night, and day, you know, hundreds of times. And and uh, within, it was like a four- to six-week period, someone came into my life that I, I hardly knew, had only met, I, I believe, once before, hadn't seen for a long time. And they actually wrote me a check for $10,000 as a gift, not as a loan, when they heard about my credit card debt. As luck would have it, they had just come into many times more that, you know, much more than that money. That's kind of a windfall to them uh, just within days of this meeting. And they, they freely wrote me a check that paid off my, my credit cards. And so I have so many experiences that, you know, people people who don't believe they might tend to say, oh, well, that was a coincidence. But when you start stacking them up, and not only these, but just dozens and hundreds of little things, you know, little things, like going out and just being really on one day and knowing and just feeling that, like when I go for a walk, that I'm going to find money and just being led down different streets where I usually go and all this and coming home with this, you know, little pocket full of change. I mean, it's one thing to go out for an hour for a walk and find a penny or a nickel or something. But when you come home with almost a dollar and you found money in several different places, and, you know, this is just a little example, um, and you find multiple groupings of coins on the ground instead, and sometimes even paper money, these things divide a law, defy the law of averages. So I, I have all kinds of fun things that go on. But certainly the, this stuff does work, and I, and I really have proven it to myself. And other people have had results, you know, uh, sometimes even before they get the book. They write me of some great thing that happened, and they think it's a coincidence. And it's not a coincidence because when people order the book, they have already done so much that's in the book without knowing it. They've raised their expectations. They've believed that uh, mind power works and that it's possible for them. They've believed they can have more money. They've become expectant that maybe that's possible, and all of a sudden this money shows up. Before they even read the book, that's how powerful the, you know our mindset is. Well, as you were talking, it's funny because I was talking to a client um, last night, and um, the most the difference between where he's at and where I'm at, and where he's at and where he would like to be, is actually how he views the world. And what I hear when I hear you talk is that part of how you view this reality or the world is that you expect, and I think you just said that maybe in a sentence, but you expect things to show up, like it doesn't really surprise you. Like there's this expectation when you go for a walk you're going to find something. There's this expectation that you're going to receive money randomly. There's an expectation that it that despite the economy, which I always say that's not my reality, I completely reject everything about this reality for the most part, but you expect um, that you can earn six figures with ease. Is that part of the secret, would you say? Well, it's an extremely important part of it. You know, I once wrote... Um, many people who win the lottery are surprised when they win. <laughs> I'm always surprised when I don't win, and I really feel like that. You know, expectancy is extremely important. It's the third. It's the number three chapter in my book is on expectancy. And um, here I can quote uh, Norman Vincent Peale from The Power of Positive Thinking, which is a you know a classic book in this field, 1952. And it is a well-defined and authentic principle, but that what the mind profoundly expects, it tends to receive. Mm. So, And if you look at expectation and break it down, I mean, it's got all the elef- elements, uh, elements of attractive power. 
you know, of manifesting. It's we've got a, a certain um, image in our minds. We've got thoughts about it, and they are either positive or negative based on the thing we're expecting. And so there's the image, and then there's here comes the emotional element, the the energy. If it's something that we we're obsessing over that we don't want to happen. Here we have the image, and we're investing our emotional energy in it, even though it's negative energy. It's fear. It's trepidation. It's it's dread. Whereas when we think and image things that are positive and that we want and we actually believe we can have, then we start to expect them, and which means we think about them more because we believe they're on their way, and we're investing this with our positive energy, our hope, our, our just joy and and just, you know, thoughts about what we're going to do with this money or this new job or, or whatever this good thing is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just absolutely a very integral part of the attraction process. And, you know, the the beauty about how I teach everything that I teach here in the book is that you don't really have to focus on any one of these areas. In other words... If you work on expectancy, you'll automatically be working on other areas. You'll automatically start to speak as if and to think as if. But then again, if you really focus in on what I call the speak as if technique, always speaking as if those things you want to bring about financially either are now or will be a reality, if you do that technique, you will automatically start to believe. You will automatically start to expect more. So it's really a, a – it's. You can approach it from any angle, and that's why it was a great demonstration, that $10,000 credit card debt, because I only used one technique. I just thought, you know, if any of them work, then one of them will work. But when you look at that technique, you can see that I was doing so many other things. It was raising my level of belief. I was uh, visualizing because I was imagining the results that I was uh, speaking into existence with the affirmation, and so none of these uh, techniques exist in a in a um in a vacuum and any one of them uh when you do them you're actually doing others just by default that's what's so powerful about it hmm i know ian knows a lot about the mind and the power of the mind do you have any thoughts on that ian um actually i was going to say i believe the laws of attraction whatever you put out there is what you will receive so if you have like your intentions behind it they're positive you're going to attract positive things. I mean, it doesn't hold 100%, but a large part of the time, that's how it is. And um, so if you put an intention out today to the earth that you want to make new friends and you just obsess on making, wanting to make new friends, Mother, you know, power of the earth will provide you with making new friends. And actually, I heard that from one of my friends that I actually met at um, an event at Linda Vista Hospital last year. And she was telling me that she just gave it just gave that intention, gave, put all her energy to it, thought about it, slept with it under her pillow, and, mm-hmm. you know, she had, she actually met me and we we're still in contact with each other from that one time that we met. So I believe, you know, the power of intention is very powerful. And, I mean, I have my own thing that I'm going to be walking home at night, intoxicated, walking through a field, I'm going to find a suitcase full of money. I've been thinking about that since I was a kid. So maybe one of these mm-hmm. times when I don't want to drive home, I'm going to find that, you know. Right, exactly. You know, intention and just the, what is our mind on? You know, I wish the whole world could just get this message, and that is that, you know, for good or for bad, like it or not, we're creating it. We are creating it. I mean, the the physical world is a reflection of a mental and spiritual world, and we are 
actually dreaming it all into existence. And once we realize this, as as you were saying, it puts the power in our own hands to then change the dream, to then change what it is we are focusing on and what we intend to bring into being. And we can do it uh, almost many times through sheer force of will and mind power. I mean, I've done things that just... They come out of the blue. I, all, almost nothing I have to do, like with the $10,000, all, all I did basically was the affirmation. I didn't have to do anything else. Now, a lot of times, yes, we have to do things. We have to make phone calls. We have to, you know, get a business license and start a business we're inspired to start or whatever. But I want people to know that mind power is so um, powerful that sometimes all you have to do is exert it and things happen of their own volition in just amazing, amazing ways. Hey, James, this is Kara. Um, Now, what I've noticed, uh, specifically since I'm clearing out my mother's estate, uh, and she had all these coins on the floor. My mother always thought she was in debt, but she had all these coins on the floor. And I find that when I start paying attention to the coins and all the blessings that are already in my life and gathering them up, it tends to open the door of abundance more. What is your take on appreciation of what you're having and just making note of it? Do you think that helps the process as well? Uh, again, that is one of the very important uh, elements is um, gratitude or uh, appreciation. Uh, in my book, in Chapter 14, I have what I call the, the laws of money, uh, really five basic tendencies of money. And one of them is that money goes where it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I write, so be grateful for all of the money you've had in the past, for all the money you have now, and for all the money you'll have in the future. And, of course, all good things. But I never... Um, See, here I am. I'm using mind power to try to attract money. And money is money. The difference between one penny and one million dollars is only degree. You know, people don't understand that. People think that a penny is not worth bending down to pick up, whereas a million dollars, they would sell their mother to have it. And I want them to know that a penny and a million dollars is the same exact thing. It's just a a thought, an idea. It's a measurement. And one happens to be a larger measurement of that exact thing. So I not only bend over and pick up every single penny that the universe puts in my path, but I am actually and sincerely grateful for it. I mean, I feel joy with every penny because that is what's opening the door. That is is showing me that the universe is bringing a penny. And if it can bring a penny, it can bring a nickel, a dime, a quarter, a dollar, ten dollars, hundreds, thousands, and six figures, and beyond. And and they can start to stack up, and they have, because it's all the same thing. I I have just total expectancy and total gratitude, not for, like I wrote, everything I have, but everything I've had in the past that's gone now and everything I will receive because it's all the same thing. You know, we're not really, we, we appear to be moving through time, but we're really not. We're just looking at what we've done from different uh, points along the way, if I can put it that way. So once you really settle into this this um, gratitude and this expectancy and this knowing is what they add up to, then 
if things have ever worked out magically once, they can do it again and again, and indeed that can be the norm instead of the anomaly. And that's what I want for people because that's what I've created for myself. I expect miracles, and they happen, and I don't take them for granted. I'm extremely grateful for, for everything that comes to me. It's funny, James. Another thing I noticed about you um, as I listen to you talk is you're a person who, like me, has managed to make their way into what I call the flow. It's a certain vibrational path where you're kind of in that channel of abundance. How, I mean, really seriously, it's not as, it is as easy as you say it is, but it's not as easy as you say it is for people that are totally foreign to this concept, including the concept, which I love to tell people. I tell all my clients to watch the movie Inception because that's reality. If I any love of that you have seen that. <laughs> that's like one of my well, favorite movies. Yeah, I love it too. I, don't, I love it because it's truth, you know? It's exactly what you just said, James. Have you seen that movie? It's exactly what you just said. You said what, what is the name of that movie? It, it's called In Inception. I N C E P T I O. Oh, is that with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Yes. yes, I have seen that. Yes, great movie. And that's exactly what you just said. But that's a great visual illustration of what you said, which is we're dreaming our reality. And my clients, you know, they say, oh, you know, this is going on and this is going on and this is going on in my life. And I said, yeah, you created that. You attracted that to you and you chose that. So let's stop and choose again. And that's what you're saying. We can stop and we don't have to do anything like super magical, powerful necessarily right away to turn our lives around. We just need to change our viewpoint like 180 degrees usually. Right. And and it is about flow, and it is about being in the right vibration. And those come about by having a certain mindset or consciousness. And, you know, I mean, the mystics for forever have been saying that this is a dream. This is a dream that we're in. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's familiar with um, any of the listeners or you guys with lucid dreaming, um, but it's when we're – it's the process of having n normal nighttime dreams and then becoming aware in the dreams that you're dreaming. And I've been doing this for many years, from, from uh, you know, many, many years ago, decades, when I found my first book on the subject. And um, this life is also like that. And in that, we're dreaming. This is a dream. We've we've dreamed it up. It seems very solid, but so do real dreams, it, you know, nighttime dreams when you're in them. They seem so real. You don't question them. But once in the in a dream, when you realize, oh, my God, this is a dream, guess what? In lucid dreams, you can fly. You can, you can do amazing things. You can make a night sky turn light by, by speaking it into existence. Light, light, light. I've done that. And it's the same in this daytime dream we have nighttime dreams we have daytime dreams and here's the thing like it or not believe it or not it's my contention you know i'm asserting that we're all dreaming we are all dreaming right now and we come into our power when we realize we're in a dream just like in lucid dreaming at night when you realize it's a dream everything changes it's not even the same game it's it's completely different rules now. You know why? Because basically you make the rules now. You're not at the effect of, but you are the cause of your life. You're not the effect of 
at the effect of the world. It's just two completely different things. And when you put this together with a concept uh, and an understanding of basic mind power principles, and then you apply them specifically for attracting more money into your life, it is really pure magic. I mean, it still amazes me more than you know more than anything else in life to just constantly see the manifestations of what i have created mentally coming into existence out of the funniest most unlikely corners of this material um dimension dream world it's absolutely amazing i think something you said is um really powerful and um therein lies the paradox because what you just said Many, 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 many thousands, thousands, millions of people over all time have tried to keep those three minutes of your speech from the masses. That is the key, what you just said. Seriously, I hope people really start looking into this who are foreign to this concept because you just spoke the key to all existence in this reality in three minutes. It is absolutely the key to liberation. I really believe that, and I just really appreciate that you that you saw that and picked up on it. I mean, it is the key to liberation. If if this world was real and what it appears to be, um, then it's a very very scary place. I mean, I probably would have gone crazy by now, or just you know, I don't know what I would be doing. It's a very very scary place. But when you realize that it is just a dream, and that ev- and really that everything is in perfect order even though it doesn't look like it, then everything will begin to fall into place and be in perfect order for you. I mean, I, no matter what the situation is, I have had miraculous um, divide intervention in horrendous accidents, motorcycles and, and other mm. other horrendous things where I should have been severely maimed or dead and just divine, miracle-like things that defy the laws of physics and inertia and gravity and all of that. Uh, come into play. I've had people, negative, evil people, try to do terrible things to me in one way or another, and they just trip all over themselves, and it blows up in their own face. But it's nothing I'm doing. It's not like it's will against will, or I'm fighting them, or uh, I'm fighting back, or, or using fire to fight fire. When you are in the flow of the dream and of the universe, and when you realize that that's what it is, and when you stay positive, and when you have nothing but goodwill and love and uh, appreciation and understanding and compassion for um, and patience with all of it and with everyone, then none of it can hurt you. None of it can harm you. And actually, all of it will conspire in one way or another to lift you up and to work towards your good. And, I mean, if that's not one of the most amazing things, uh, you know, just imaginable, I don't know what else is. But we don't have to we don't have to fight anything. All we have to do is settle in and look reality right in the face, understand what it is, and then have the right mindset. And all the drama out here will work out in a way that is harmonious with our experience. And James, we have a caller on the line, um, Rose. I will get her on the air for you. Great. Hi, hi, Rose. You're on the air with James. Hi, hi, James. This is Rose, Madeline's sister. Oh, hi, Rose. Nice to hear I your voice a... finally. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I have a question. Um, what's your opinion on karma? <laughs> Are, are we still? Do we still have Rose on the line? Yeah. yeah. What's your opinion on karma? Oh. 
Oh, karma. karma. <clears throat> well, that's a good question. Um, ah, well, you know, karma, basically the concept of what goes around comes around. That's uh-huh. that's immutable. I mean, that's that's just basic metaphysical okay. law. Whether or not karma comes from from past lives, um, okay. as a lot of people think, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms, isn't it? Because I'm not saying that I don't believe in past lives. Indeed, many years ago, I studied in a school for for years, uh, and a big part of it was about past lives. Indeed, I used to give past life readings years ago. Indeed, I wow. wrote a booklet on how to on how to see your own past lives. But uh, here I am, all these decades later, saying, "Let's wait a second." Now, I've also said early in our conversation that that. I don't really believe in the concept of time. Uh, if if you do even a, you know just a little bit of study along the lines of, of metaphysics, I mean of uh, quantum physics, we'll see that time is not really what it appears to be. You know that there is no beginning, middle, and end. That there is no moving through time. It's only a, a way that we can um, conceive what's going on because we cannot conceive it all at one time. Wait and a so. So if there's no time, which means there's no past, then how can there really be a past life? And let's say that there was a past life and we lived as a certain whoever. Is that any more real than this dream? Because I just said that this life is a dream. Last night's dream was a dream, no matter how real it seemed. And then this past life where I was a you know, a monk in the 1400 Spain or whatever, is that more real than this dream I'm living in right now. So it's all a dream. And But I am at the... the I, I came to a point many years ago where I realized I had all these friends that were into past life research and, and working out their karma. And I and it came to me one day, it just hit me like a like a ton of, uh, of roses. And it was this, that we were all in this garden with all these weeds. And we were constantly pulling out these weeds and looking at all this negative stuff from past lifetimes. And I looked over and I was shown this vision that right across the street there was another garden and there wasn't any weeds in it. I mean, it was just, it was a spiritual vision I had. I walked across the street into that garden. I've never looked back. So I'm not saying there aren't past lives. I'm not saying that karma isn't a factor. I'm saying there are different gardens that we can be in. We can choose our garden. I don't know if right. that makes sense because that's, you know, uh, but there it is. That's what came out on that one. <laughs> you were talking about the um, dreams. That was interesting because when I was little, I used to always think I was in a dream. And I never right. thought anyone else thought like that. Right. I had the same thing when I was younger. I always felt like something's weird, something's not quite right. It almost felt like a dream. Wrong. And then, yeah. right, that. and then it, to... to <laughs> Add to my confusion, I've been having out-of-body, spontaneous astral travel and out-of-body experiences since my earliest memories are like maybe five years old. And so, and I would be out of my body thinking I'm awake and not knowing that I wasn't. And then I'd wake up and it would seem like it's a dream. And then I would have a dream and it would seem like it's a real, like it's real. It's very confusing. You know, finally, I think I have a little bit of a handle on it. It's all a dream, but it's different degrees of, of a dream. And, uh, you know, and even here's the amazing thing that even people who don't know anything about mind power or metaphysics and who are, who are disbelievers can have wonderful results. You look at, you know, big Hollywood movie stars or big business moguls. Some of them know this stuff and some of them talk about it. Um, some of them don't. But when you look at their what they're doing, they're still doing the same things. They're speaking as if they have positive expectation. They're visualizing positive results. So whether or not they know about it, whether or not they believe it, 
it all comes down to their minds. They're creating with their minds. That's interesting, whether or not you believe it. That's interesting. Right, and therein lies the you know the rub. Whether or not you believe in it, it's it's working in your life, and you're creating what you're getting, whether or not you want it, whether or not it's good for you. People create things that destroy their lives, that destroy their physical bodies, that destroy their finances, that kill them. People create all of these things. We can just as easily create things that support us and support our health, longevity, our usefulness, and our long lives. We can just as easily do that. Well, I've already convinced myself that I'm living well beyond 100, so. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, George Burns used to say, well, I have to live to be at least 100 because I got, I'm booked until then. You know, right. he, he had gigs booked until then, and I think that's a very good philosophy. And or he was just kidding, maybe, but who knows? Maybe he did. But uh, that's that's the philosophy. You know, I, I I was really struck years ago when I read this article. I always forget if it was China or Japan, but there's one of those countries where they have a day every year that honors the old people, and the death rate goes down right before the holiday, and then it goes back up right after. So it just shows you that death is not all physical and indeed how you know we've heard stories of people that don't even know they have cancer then they're told they have cancer and they have x amount of time to live let's say five weeks or six months and they die almost to the day i've heard people dying to the day like six months you know after the the diagnosis that's really? what is that what is that you've put the, the that thought in their mind they've accepted it they've come to expect it and therefore it shows up wow and I take that cancer thing a little further as a naturopathic doctor and treating many people that had cancer. The problem with cancer, as soon as the word is spoken, and I can read vibrations and energy, the vibration of terror and fear comes into your energy field. You're pretty much sunk after that. So if you believe, like I always say, I have no fear of cancer. Truly, tell me I have cancer. I mean, I know I don't and I won't, but that's a part of where I am in my life. But even if somebody put that on me, maybe it's a false, you know, a mix-up in the lab or something, it would not bother me at all because that's another lie we're told in society that there are that these are diseases that we label in the medical field and that there are no cures and we're endlessly seeking cures. Cancer has been cured so many times in so many ways in so many countries over, you know, thousands of years. So if you guys are just buying the lie. You're buying the lie of this dream by people that don't, want you to have any knowledge that you can create your own life because if you can create your own life in love, in career, in physical um, manifestations, which I could talk to you guys about endlessly, how you can speak things into existence, you have no idea the power you have as an infinite created being of light. And it's so frustrating to me because we're just so... Duplified. And, you know, I was talking to my mom this morning. It was a horrible conversation because she lives in this 3D reality and she believes everything she's told and everything we're taught in school. And you said the word liberating. It is so liberating to step outside that box. And not even step outside the box. I mean, I don't have a box. There's no box anywhere in my world. And that's an amazing, you know, way to live. And I know Ian believes similarly, and I know Kara does, and I know a lot of people listening do. But a lot of people listening have no clue what we're talking about. So I urge you to buy, you know, books and, and MP3s and tapes and listen to these telesummits because you really need to start considering other world views because it could, rob, it could save your life, actually, one day. Oh, I so right. believe it. Right. 
And, you know, cancer, yes, I, I agree with you. It is uh, it is curable. There's been many, you know, people are run out of their country when they find a cure, sadly. Um, but not only that, I want people to know that, guess what, it's preventable. <laughs> it's preventable, folks. A lot of what brings on cancer is things you do to yourself, both mentally and physically. It's, you know, so, something in your environment, something you're taking into your system. Um, so you don't even have to worry about curing cancer if you just don't have the the uh, conditions around you mentally and otherwise that would bring it on. It's it is a big lie. It's big business, and there's no there's absolutely. no money in curing it. There's money in treating it, and uh, they can keep those treatments. Did you have something to say, Ann? Yeah, I have a, I have a little thing. I, uh, I usually say if it's predictable, it's preventable, and I've lived by that for a while. And um, so that's why if, if I know something might happen because of this, I don't even do it. Or right. I probably stopped that from happening because I knew that would happen. So I didn't do it. I'm like, nope, that's not going to happen, and it doesn't. Right. right. You know how people say you should learn from your experiences, and then some people say, well, a step above that is learning from other people's experiences. I like to learn from my own experiences before I have them. <laughs> that's how I like to learn. Because you can look down the road a little, and you can just surmise, listen, if I do this, what's likely to come about? People don't think two days ahead. You know, they don't. they just don't think. But you can learn from your own experiences before you have them, the negative experiences, and simply by just looking ahead and saying, what kinds of situations is what I'm doing right now likely to cause, and do I want them to happen? Do I want to bring those about financially you know, or otherwise? I'm thinking negative about money. Do I want to be in lack? No. Well, then I better start thinking positively about money. You know, it's... it's uh, it's just basic. It's basic stuff. It's a few simple principles you have to get, and I'm glad we've gone into other areas. It's not just about money. It's about your health and your vibrancy and your ability to lift up people around you and your your level of happiness and usefulness in life. It's all the same thing. You know, it's all the same thing. It's a mindset. It's a positive mindset and using tried and true, you know, time-tested, time-proven metaphysical and mind power techniques, which are very easy to use. you got to do it over time and, and learn them. And, you know, it takes time to really to get good at it, to become proficient, just like any, any sport or, or uh, you know, endeavor. You have to practice. But when you do, it becomes second nature. And then it really is a different life. It's a, it's a good dream. Now it's not a nightmare or or a big mixed bag. It's mostly good, and that and that's a good thing for you know on the individual level. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for calling, Rose. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Rose. Nice talking to you. Finally. Yes, <laughs> <Thank> you too. <laughs> okay. Take care. Okay. Take care. Yes, Rose is is one of my uh, <laughs> Facebook connections. She's a she's a sister of someone that I've known for. For uh, for many many years, and so I've never talked to her or, or met her before, so this was fun. <laughs> wow! Well, it was a... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I just wanted to say because I know he's wrapping up right now, but it's been amazing having him on. So much knowledge and so much to think about, and um, like I said earlier, I'm wrapping up my mother's estate. So a lot of the information you gave me is just some really good reminders. Uh, to right. keep going, to keep centered. So I want to, I want to thank you for all that information. Well, it's it's a joy and a pleasure. Thank thank you too very much. Appreciate that. No, I really like what you say about um, you. You mentioned really quick that all time, you know. Well, I always say all time is now. There is no time. As a matter of fact, my kids 
will tease me because I'll be like, we have to hurry, we have to get somewhere. And they're like, there is no time, Mom. So, you know, be careful when you raise, like, metaphysical kids because they'll throw your words, like, back in your face all the time. But one thing I want to take a, a little step further from what you were saying is you were talking about how you can look down or ahead into your timeline. And I think Ian knows where I'm going to head with this and Kara too, but there are classes you can take, and as you raise your vibration and you develop your consciousness, you can develop the ability to do what I call it remote viewing, or I call it the ability to go back and forth in someone else's or my own timeline. You can actually go forward and backward because all time is now. You can change what has happened in, to some, in some respect. That's a whole other show. But you can definitely alter your future. And um, as a matter of fact, some really exciting things happened to me. Like, I'm excited for, like, five seconds because I've already been there. I've already experienced them. I've already seen them. Kind of like you were saying, I've already lived that dream. It just came into this 3D reality. So it's really interesting. And well, you know, what, if I can, yeah, if I can say quickly, I've had experiences that, that really boggle my mind where I've created something mentally, had some certain intention, and then it came about. But things, amazing things had to have happened even before I did my mental work and decided to make things a certain way. And it's like I, I was convinced in some of those times that actually I changed the past. I usually don't talk about it, but that in the past, you know, so there was a year ago, two years ago, something had to have happened that hadn't happened when I made that decision and then it actually changed the past. And so I, I firmly believe that not only can we control our present and design uh, and create our future, but we can have an effect on the past when it um, it plays into our present and our future. And and I, I don't do it directly like, oh, I'm going to make this have not happened or something, but it just happens of its own volition if that's what's needed to fulfill my, my vision. And that's really an amazing um, amazing process, you know, that's even hard. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to really quantify or, or you know, prove or point to. But but that's been my experience. Oh, no, I totally, I'm totally with you. I absolutely and completely and totally agree. Well, if you could leave our audience with one last thing. Um, if, well, I think you've already, like, blown people's minds. So I'm really not sure if there's anything else that you can say, but any <laughs> final thoughts on this that you'd like to share? Well, what I like to tell people is that if you believe that the kinds of things we're talking about can work, then this mind power, this metaphysical techniques, that's wonderful. And then the next step is that I want you to know that it works for money, okay? Some people seem to think it works for everything else, but it just won't work for money. It does work for money if you apply it to money. And uh, so number three, number one, this stuff works. Number two, it works with money. Number three, it will work for you. I don't have anything different. Uh, the hosts of this show don't have any other, you know, super amazing uh, powers that you were not in born with, inherent within you also. This is basic human possibility. Mind power works. It works for attracting money, and you can use it to attract money. It will work as well for you as it does for me if you apply yourself as I've applied myself. And so believe and expect that you can have more, that you can um, you know, survive, and that you can thrive financially regardless of the present financial circumstances in the economy as a whole. You have the power, and that's what I want people to know. 
That's true. Well, could you give us the details of how people can get a hold of you and get a hold of your book? And um, thank you so much for being on. Well, thank you, too. It's been a pleasure. And, of course, the book is How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. And I'm James, G-O-I, that's Goy, Jr., and uh, jamesgoyjr.com, or perhaps easier to remember, is um, attractmoney.org. We'll get you to my website, and uh, when you get there, you can attract, you can uh, sign up for my free monthly Mind Power and Money Ezine, and stay stay tuned in with these these techniques and principles uh, on a monthly basis. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. We really enjoyed it. Blessings to you. Thank you too. Thank you to all of you. Okay, Dr. Kimberly, we have uh, Tom who has been uh, waiting, and I can't wait to bring him on. Can you hear me, Kimberly? Yes, I can. Can Um, you hear me? But before we do, um, somebody real quick wants to say hi. Can I bring him on? Sure. It's kind of frightening, but okay. (laughs) No, it's a fan, of course. This is Lily. (laughs) Hi, it's Lily. Oh, from- <laughs> hi, sweetie. Thank you so much for calling in. How nice to hear you. Have you been oh, listening? I have. I'm, I'm I'm driving along the beautiful Monterey Bay and listening to your voices, and I uh, just was excited to be invited to, uh, yeah, I got your blog talk uh, little notice, and so here I am. And you know what? I, I love his explanation on a lot of things that really uh, James did um, clarify a lot of things regarding the laws of attraction. You know what? And you know what I like even better about him, which Tom will ask, um, he agreed with me. He agrees with what I see. <laughs> 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 you were right. <laughs> it's a law of resonance at work. I love it. I love it. Let me let me say something really quick about you, Lily. Um Kara and Ian, and uh, I know that Tom's on the phone. I met um, Lily on Judge Neal's, my three-and-a-half-hour middle-of-the-night marathon show the other night, and she is just, I mean, I think you can tell by her voice, she is just a, the sweetest, most gifted person, and I so enjoyed the time I spent with her, and she has amazing energy, as I'm sure you guys can tell. And I've invited oh, yeah. her um, to be on the show, and I need to, um, Kara, if you could get her email and her contact information for for me, Lily, if that's okay. So I can contact you about working out those details because I, I just love to have you on the show. I'd love to. I would love to. I can work my schedule around. Not a problem. Well, and you really blessed me. Oh, you really oh. blessed me by coming on and saying hi. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, you you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a good night and, and keep listening and, and call in if you after Tom and call back in or stand the line and you can hold if um, whatever you'd like because um, I think you're going to be blown away if you like James is wonderful and, and Tom is equally so. So I'm going to introduce Tom. But thank you so much for calling in. Uh, no problem. I I will give the info to Kara. All right, everybody. So uh, we cut into Tom's time. Tom, I know you can talk fast. You can just, like, amp up the speed a little bit. You will put it all in. But um, Tom, I got I had the privilege of talking to this afternoon, and he is an author, a speaker, and he's in the entertainment business. Um, the last 25 years, he's actually been the president and CEO of his own international motion picture and TV distribution business based in Dallas, Texas. 
He has a fascinating story. He's written, I don't know, he might have written more than two books, but I know of two books. Um, the first one's called The Gentle Way, A Self-Help Guide for Those Who Believe in Angels. And his second book, The Gentle Way 2, The Story Continues. And he is going to tell us about something that he came up with, or maybe he was guided to come up with, called Benevolent Outcomes. So we're going to kind of start by coming into the subject from that direction, and then we're going to move into, which actually fits very well with what we're talking about with time, um, the concept of parallel lives and timelines. So I would like to welcome Mr. Tom Moore to The Secret to Everything. Good evening, everybody. Can you hear me? Oh, you sound great. Oh, fantastic. And good evening to everyone uh, out there that's tuning in tonight, and and hopefully we'll go to even higher heights tonight. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, I'd like to start out by, and you might be familiar to some of our callers, and then, you know, a lot may not know you as well. So could you start out by kind of telling us what led up to you writing these two books, and were you always in the metaphysical world, and how did you get there if you weren't, and a little bit about your life journey. Sure. Um, I started out actually um, uh, with astrology, okay, and at the time, uh, you have to understand, I've been a person that's always thought outside the box, so to speak, and as you say, sometimes uh, you don't even have a box, and I never kind of looked at having a box either, and I... I had probably the only snow ski club in the United States that was a for-profit uh, company, uh, and I would take people up to New Mexico every weekend uh, or uh, on flights up to Colorado or, or Utah or whatever. And uh, uh, so one day I was reading uh, the Dallas Morning News, and there was an astrologer, uh, in there that uh, was predicting that the Dallas Cowboys were not going to uh, the Super Bowl that year, but they were going to go the next year. And at that time, they'd never been to a Super Bowl before. And so I said, gosh, I've never read anything like that. So I tore the article out, put it in my desk drawer, and at the end of the football season, lo and behold, he had hit on about 80% of the reasons why they didn't go. So a year in advance, I booked 300 airline seats uh, to Miami, and I was the first tour operator uh, to ever run a trip to the Super Bowl from Dallas. So it made a, a lot of a lot of money. And uh, so after that, I started uh, having all my ski club parties with Venus trying the moon or uh, Mars sextile, uh, you know, Jupiter or whatever. And the ski club grew and grew, and and I was able to open a a travel agency. Then eventually. Uh, wound up into a an international wholesale tour company with 3,000 travel agents selling my tours uh, nationwide. Um, so along the way, I started recording my dreams in 1979. And two weeks after I started recording my dreams, I had a dream about um, a uh, an explosion with a woman and some men involved. And my wife and I were planning to go to the World Congress of travel agents in Manila, and it was so strong that we canceled uh, that part, portion of the trip and added days to Hong Kong and Taiwan. And sure enough, on the first day of the um, uh, of the convention, uh, terrorists blew a bomb up in the front of the hall, injuring ten oh, travel goodness. agents where I like wow. to sit. And after that, I said, um, "You know, I'm going to 
uh, record my dreams forever as long as I'm alive. And I've had many precognitive dreams uh, since then, um, a whole list of them we won't get into tonight. And uh, uh, so that's one way. You know, when you're recording dreams, you're you're reaching back into that sort of never-never land um, when you're in between the uh, the sleep state and, and the waking state, you're you're in an still in an altered state. So I'm sure that helped me uh, eventually. And looked at uh, uh, numerology. Uh, I discovered my life path is a 33, which uh, is a spiritual master, and my name is a 44, which is a material master. And uh, uh, so it's just kind of continued on that. And so about. Fifteen years ago, I was reading the Sedona Journal of Emergence, and there was a an article, uh, a, a spiritual article by Robert Shapiro, who was channeling a, uh, a a creator by the name of Zosh. And Zosh said, uh, "You can request benevolent outcomes in your life." And I said, "Well, that's kind of interesting." And so I started experimenting with that, and I just found it worked absolutely perfectly. I had. I'd gone through all the stuff with the law of attraction, you know that that had been around for 30 years or more, and uh, I found it it didn't work that great. I didn't think, and but but requesting benevolent outcomes worked absolutely perfectly. And when it didn't seem to work, I would find out later down the way it was because there was something better coming along, and I just didn't realize it. So that was sort of the the start, and and then I I. Uh, I started writing some articles for the Sedona Journal, which were very well received. And uh, eventually, the uh, the publisher of the Sedona Journal, uh, who was also a, a book publisher, uh, asked me to uh, uh, or said they would publish my book after I found out I was supposed to uh, write a book, which I didn't know at the time. Wow. So I, I'll give you I'll give you the quick story of how how the book came about if you'd like. I didn't yes, I didn't please. want to continue on. And, no, please. Okay. Well, uh, in 2005, um, in the summer of July uh, of 2005, uh, my wife and I attended a, a seminar put on in Sedona uh, by Dick Sutphen, S-U-T-P-H-E-N, who's a great master hypnotist. And is the author of like the million seller you were born again to be uh, together and other books and things. And uh, I had been to a couple of seminars, so I didn't think I'd get that much out of it. But my wife had not attended one before, and so I uh, I said, "Well, I'll go to support her and hang out." Well, on the second day of the seminar, uh, on the first day he put us under like four or five times, and by the end of the day, you feel like you've had a whole bottle of wine or something. I mean, you're just really <laughs> high by the time you've gone into altered states that many time, times in a day. And so on the second day, he, he said he was going to put us uh, under so we could do try automatic writing. Well, I had had um, Robert Shapiro I got to know and, and became friends with, and uh, Robert channeled an Indian shaman by the name of Reveals the Mysteries. That's his his name translated into English. And uh, Reveals the Mysteries, I asked uh, Reveals the Mysteries through Robert if I was supposed to be 
supporting Robert's work because that's where I had gotten the original idea was from from an article. And and Reveal said, no, Tom, you're not. And I thought that was very strange. So mm-hmm. about a year or two later when we attended the seminar, I said, well, I'm going to try and get in touch with Reveals the Mysteries. So when he put us under, I said, Reveals the Mysteries, are you there? And he said, yes, I am, Tom. And I said, wow, this is neat. <laughs> and and so I said, well, why am I the only guy out here that's, you know, really pushing, uh, requesting vanilla outcomes? And he said, Tom, he said, you're an Indian shaman living at the same time I am in the mid-1600s in the western United States. Your name is Stillwater, and you have decided to incarnate into the 20th and 21st centuries to reintroduce people to the gentle way. And I got the name of the book the first time wow. I, ever, I ever communicated with him. Wow. <laughs> I don't so, know what to say to that. That's amazing. <laughs> that is yeah. some spiritual journey. And and he continued on to tell me that I was supposed to write books. And I said, books? I said, I'm a, a business kind of guy. You know, I've got I've got this film distribution business, and, you know, I figured that's what I was going to be doing until I retired. And he said, no, books. And I said, okay. And so I wrote the first one in, with, in about three months. Wow. Wow. So there we go. So- yeah, so your first book, um, I take it in your first book you you start to introduce the concept which you already mentioned of um, benevolent outcomes. Is that, exactly. is that kind of what the first book's about? Uh-huh. Right, It's it, uh, and it goes heavily, I, I related my experiences traveling and business and how I was able to use benevolent outcomes uh, in, in my business life and my travel, uh, traveling around for business in my personal life. So it, I, I really go into detail. And then in the second book, I had so many people from around the world that were sending me stories saying how fantastic it was working for them that I was able to compile them into a book, into chapters. So there's a chapter on home. There's a chapter on business, uh-huh. a chapter on work, a chapter on medical, hospital, uh, traveling around, you name it, um, uh, with with several stories in each chapter uh, with that theme, okay, and and the whole book virtually is uh, is nothing but one fantastic, inspiring story after another. That that's amazing. I'll tell you kind of something weird that happened right when you came on the line, uh, Tom. Well, actually, once you started talking, is you almost knocked me out of my body. Shame on you. So I just had to say that. Thank you. I had to like. <laughs> okay. I almost had to like text Kara and be like, I'm gonna have to leave for a while, like literally. Or, or, so, um, or throw throw a rope and tie yourself down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, and I'm so, sure everybody's wondering, Tom, um, what exactly are benevolent outcomes? Everybody's like, sure. okay, what is okay. that? Benevolent. Uh, I found the way it. I kept seeing this word in all this. Um, these channeled writings and everything, benevolent this and benevolent that. And it seems that benevolent is like an angelic word because because the definition of benevolent is doing or inclining inclined to do good, kindly and charitable. And that's what, in my belief system, our guardian angels are here to do. They will joyfully help you, but you got to ask, okay? And, and so... 
basically I came up, uh, uh, and I believe I was inspired to word it this way so that it would work with anyone's religion. I mean, it doesn't matter what religion you are. Um, it will even work, work for atheists uh, because, as Theo, my guardian angel, says, um, atheism is, is actually, in a way, a, a belief system, too. It's uh, it's a religion. And so uh, so it's it, it's something that that anyone can do, and all you do is say, I request a most benevolent outcome for blank, 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 thank you. So I request the most benevolent outcome for my drive to uh, such and such restaurant and for a parking space right in front of the restaurant. Thank you. And and what happens, you say this early enough, you don't say when you're driving into the uh, parking lot of the, rest, the restaurant, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, on the way there. And, uh, and so what will happen is that when you pull into the, uh, to the parking lot of the restaurant, lo and behold, someone is coming out right as you arrive. And, and that's, that's the way it works. Uh, it's, it's like your guardian angel setting it up with another guardian angel whose, whose um, client, we'll call them, uh, was going to be leaving the restaurant, but it, they set up so that they leave at the exact second that you need the, car, uh, the parking space. Yeah, I love that. I always say um, it's funny because sometimes, well, I kind of do it a different way, but, you know, I just expect, kind of like what um, our previous guest was talking about, Tom, I just expect the best parking places. Like there's no there's no request there. It's just given. So maybe that's a little bit of I'm always very grateful. Well, I got a handicap sticker, so. What did you say? I said, I have a handicap sticker. That's how I get the best parking spots. Uh, well, we... Wow, yeah, you cheat. That's not fair. Yeah. But I love no, it, though. That's great. So you do so, manifest the best cartoon spaces. But right. I always say and, to my but, girls, go but, ahead. But what, I, yeah, what I'm told is, is that when you express this out loud, because you need to do it physically, because this is a physical world, you're creating right. an energy. And see, this is something I didn't understand when I first started doing this. It works so perfectly. I didn't care how it worked. I just used it, you know. But eventually, Theo was to tell me when I I started uh, communicating with my own guardian angel that that first of all, when you do this, it starts raising your vibrational level because you're for the very very first time you're co-creating with spirit. Okay, this is the first time. He said you can read all the articles, you can Mm -hmm. listen to all the talks, but until you start implementing and doing this. You don't go to the next level. You don't go to that next plateau or whatever you want to call it. So that's that's what you're doing is that you're creating this great energy that goes out because you're basically saying to your guardian angel, this is what I'd like. I'm turning it over to you so that if you uh, think that this is in my best short-term and long-term interest for this to happen, uh, please make it happen. And... And it can be even much, much more than you can hope for or expect, I guarantee. So is there any limit on, um, I guess, I mean, parking spaces, you know, are one thing. You know, money yeah. is another thing or love is another thing. Is there a limit on the situations where you can request a benevolent outcome? No limits. As an example, if you 
if you want money, uh, you can say, uh, as an example, I request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect job for me, or I request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect home for me, or I request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect man or woman for me, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and and so you you put it out there and you release it, okay? But you have to understand. I mean, I have uh, I've had ladies that have emailed and said, "Tom, I requested the, per- uh, the perfect man for me a month ago, and nothing's happened yet." You know, <laughs> you have to be patient. And Theo says humans are very impatient. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we are. So, so there you go. Absolutely. Uh, yes, we are very, very impatient. That is such a beautiful tool. I really love it. And I think there's a second part of it, which kind of ties in with what you were saying, which is you're practicing, like we referred to before, the creating of this dream world or the speaking into existence. And even though you're asking the help of who knows how many other um, benevolent beings, if I can say, or beings, yes. um, and you're enlisting their help, which is also beautiful, uh, of course. There's a lovely spirituality to that, and I love it, and I totally agree with it. But there's also that you're speaking, like you just said. You said we're in a physical world, and, um, you know, you were speaking that into existence. I really like that, that creation of the speaking into existence. Obviously, there's a great history, you know, for that in actualization and manifestation as well. So I love that. Yeah, and, and let me mention that on the request, some people have a hard time saying benevolent because maybe, you know, that's just not a word that they normally use at all. I mean, it used not to be hardly used at any time, and now it's it's more frequently used, but still a lot of people might have trouble with it. And if you want to say, I request an MBO, uh, Theo tells me, he says, we know what you mean, and and we'll treat it the same as if you as if you said most benevolent outcome. So it's up to you. Uh, uh, how you feel about it. Ooh, I like that. Okay, I'm going to ask a question about Theo. Theo, don't get offended. So what type of being is Theo? Are you say, Is this an angelic being? Is this an interdimensional being? Is this a, what, kind, what type of being is Theo? Sure. Um, I, I, you have to understand, I was like a lot of people. I would be uh, closer to thinking of, of a guardian angel as someone like Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> to use to use a movie analogy, okay, and uh, but I, I found out from talking to to Theo that he's what's called a golden light being, and that's because he's mm-hmm. so ancient, um, he's been around the block, so to speak, has has visited many other universes because there's billions of other universes besides ours, and uh, and he's learned a lot to the point where his vibrational level has raised to the point where he emanates a golden light. And so that's why he's called a golden light being. And these are very, very powerful beings. And the way that I kind of explain it is that Theo has told me that he was the very first guardian angel to ever apply uh, for the job of being a guardian angel. And the creator of this universe, uh, uh, his job description was, only golden light beings need apply. So that's that's mm-hmm. his humorous way of, of explaining that. And uh, he takes care of, uh, of a little over 19,000 whole souls. And you have to understand, when I say whole souls, each of, uh, of our souls, 
and and we could call them our higher self, you know, uh, oversouls. There's lots of different names to name our souls, okay? But each of our souls has what's called a soul cluster, as Theo calls it. And the cluster is normally made up of six to 12 fragments of that soul. And all of those fragments have lives on Earth for all these learning purposes, the Earth experiment, as it's called. And uh, and our souls uh, volunteered to do this because they wanted to fast-track raising their vibrational levels by taking part in the Earth experiment. So in, in my case, uh, my soul cluster has eight fragments, and each one of us was created a little differently, so we have different interests. I thought we'd all be peas in a pod, you know, but we aren't. Each of us have different different uh, interests, and even though our soul, my overall, overall soul has religion and spirituality as its main interest, where uh, another soul would, say, have scientific things being its main interest, whatever. So that's uh, so the the guardian angel takes care of you throughout not only this life and the the twelve parallel lives that you're having at the same time, eleven others, but also all the other lives that you're having on Earth, which are going on at the same time because time is an illusion to us. And so, on average, each person has six hundred to eight hundred lives on Earth. And they're all going on at the same time. So, as he says, they're very, very busy taking care of of all these soul fragments, having all these lives, you know, in hundreds and hundreds of lives. Okay, wait. Now, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do like the beginner chapter for me. So, oh, okay. Soul, okay. So, which is kind of funny on this topic, everyone. So. <laughs> I normally don't acquiesce, but I that there's a lot that I that I don't know. Okay, but okay. Well, I'm so, giving I'm giving you and and a lot of other people this information for the first time. Now, my readers have been reading it, you know, in my newsletters, uh, which, by the way, you can sign up for at www.thegentlewaybook.com. But um, uh, but for the uh, my next book that I hope to put out will be my conversations with my guardian angel. Oh, that'll be and nice. It'll have all this stuff in it. So, um, so, well, so I'm basically, still you still have to tell me now, Tom. You okay. can't leave us hanging for your next book. No, so no, no, no. I won't. Fragments, okay. okay. <laughs> are these soul fragments? Are they all in us, or are they in other people? Are you saying they're on other dimensions or other planes? Okay. The soul fragment is like you and me. We're a fragment. Okay. Okay. Of, of our soul. Uh, uh, so. And as I say, there are uh, typically six to twelve fragments in each soul cluster. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and 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 so we work with other soul clusters for our learning. Like one one time, we may be the father of somebody else in another soul cluster, and the next time, they may be our father, or you know, brother, sister, or enemies. You know, um. it's all for our learning. It's all uh, 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 for us to learn how to run a universe because the end game, the reason our souls volunteered for this is that for the very first time ever in any of these billions of other uh, universes' creations, 
our cells are going to meld together in a few million years or so uh, of doing this, and uh, and we're going to take over running this universe for the Creator and allow it to go to a higher level. Okay. So that's the reason we go through all this mess on Earth. So everybody, Tom, do you believe that everybody on the Earth is kind of, is it a level playing field? Is everybody have the same kind of purpose then? Oh, yes. Uh, You can't have a life on Earth, Theo says, without uh, being a spiritual master in another life. I was, now that's what he said some time ago. I later understood it to be that basically you have to reach a certain vibrational level in having thousands of other lives in the universe before you can have an Earth life. As an example, I come from a water planet in the Sirius B star system, and I had thousands of lives there as an amphibian, an Aquaman if you want to call it. And my next life will be to go back to that water planet and where I'm supposedly a spiritual master of some type that I reincarnate there each time as the same kind of spiritual master. But then the next life after that, I'll come back to Earth and I'm going to be a female space pilot in the 3400 era. Okay. Okay. I kind of get it. Okay. Um, now, so, so, okay, go yeah, ahead. So, sorry. Okay, so we're we're all fragments, and we're all having these different lives. In my case, uh, as I said, on an average person, you have 600 to 800 lives. And I said, why is there such a difference between 600 and 800? And Theo said, because it all depends on each individual soul, that some souls want to get things over with fast, and so they'll have everything that they need to learn in 600 lives, and others will say, I want to take it easier and have 800 lives, okay? And and it all depends on the soul. So I call them drama queens. When You, you may know somebody yeah. in your life that it seems like something's happening to, to them every single day or every single week or month or whatever, and maybe it's because their souls decided to, to rush through all these lives and get them, get them done fast. Okay. Drama queens reminds me of uh, high school. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of, yeah, I I think, and that's one of the things I talk a lot about. One of the things I talk a lot about is that anti-consciousness and the drama. I actually find that to be a huge distraction, but we're very hooked on this planet and this reality, it seems. Right. Um, So uh, all of those souls that that you you have had and will have on earth are all going on at the same time. And that's that's hard for people to understand, but they are. And, and it's just because, as Theo says, it's an illusion of time. We're in a time loop set up, and as an example, nowhere else in the, in the universe, it seems, can you go sort of backwards and forwards in time, only in the earth experiment. And that's why you may see ETs from from, say, uh, you know, the Zetas from one period of time, an old period, and then Zetas from a newer period of time. And the old Zetas were were kidnapping people and because they were not able to reproduce and they were having having women have hybrid babies and 
but that's another story. Um, so, Sounds interesting. No? <laughs> <laughs> that word benevolence. I've always benevolence. <laughs> Hold on. That I've always known that word since I was a kid. Like, like sixth, seventh grade. Like I learned that word, and it was they were talking about a king in history who was a benevolent king, and his people all loved him, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought he was a, a good king, and you started mentioning like angelic king or the word angelic. So I was like, I think the most benevolent outcome would be like a something that happened with the best intentions behind it, more of like more so. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's, I've always known that word, and I've always known what it meant, but I've never really put it in the words. But like, this is kind of stuff that I've always known, but never knew. I knew it until I heard it. I'm like, oh, I know about that. So this, yeah, this stuff is actually quite quite amazing that I'm hearing this right now, especially with the, like the gentleman before that we were talking to. A lot of his stuff, like the dreaming, I've always thought I was in a dream as well. So you know, both of these, both the guys, both have hit up on some things that I've always thought about, and you know, it's it's, it's kind of bizarre that I'm actually uh, on the show tonight and hearing this stuff. It's it's I think it's all uh, part of some grand plan or something I just needed to hear. I don't know. It's amazing. Yep. Well, it's the, nice uh, to have the uh, affirmation, Ian and Kara, <laughs> that we're not the only um, people that have, you know, kind of, you know, unre- out of this reality, I guess, thoughts and concepts. So. Right. Yeah. And, and and keep in mind, MBO requests can are can be used for everything in the world. If, if people would read, even start with my free blogs and just go uh, to my website and click on blogs. And just start reading the stories that I get every single week, um, uh, you know, story after story after story. I mean, I even had one recently where a lady requested a benevolent outcome at the start of the day to be more of service. To, uh, and she was a teacher down in Houston. And she had to take some papers uh, to be photocopied in the office. And she was in one of the little portable be- buildings, buildings. And she normally would not walk through the the pre sort of kindergarten uh, section, but she did that day. And there was a lady running down the hall, one of the aides saying, oh, no, no, no. And so she walked a little farther, looked in the classroom, and there was a little boy laying on the floor blue, not breathing, and the teacher and a couple of aides hovering around him. And so she immediately ran over, grabbed him, threw him up in the air, uh, caught him, and then did the Heimlich maneuver and first he spit up a uh, cereal and then finally he spit up a big grape and he started breathing again so i mean it's very you know when you start setting yourself up and requesting these benevolent outcomes it's just uh, amazing some of the things i had a lady that was uh, uh living in in tornado alley up in kansas and uh, uh and there was a tornado headed headed her way and she um, uh, quickly requested a benevolent outcome, grabbed the kids and headed for the basement. The tornado lifted up and went completely over her house. Wow. Um, Tom, this is Kara. I have a question for you. If we're having um, our parallel experiences at the same time, and I no doubt believe that that could absolutely be true, um, let's say in in this life as we know it, if we're feeling like a particular feeling of 
maybe stress or sadness or happiness, and we don't know where it's coming from. Do you think that there's a possibility that it could be connected to the other parallel lives? Yes. Now, you're, you see, you're talking about two different things here. We're talking about okay. past lives and future lives, but each of our lives on Earth, our souls decided that for the maximum learning, they would have 12 parallel lives, okay, for mm-hmm. each life. So, in other words, there's 11 other yous running around in, in different timelines. He calls them timelines. Some people call them parallel lives, okay? So I'm using Theo's ther- terminology. He says the timelines are broken up into fours. So timelines one, two, three, and four are coupled together, and then timelines five, six, seven, and eight are coupled together, and then nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Now we're on timeline number six, which is the middle frequency. So there are the timelines above us, if you want to call it above, are at a higher frequency, so their their lives are easier than ours, and the timelines below us are harder lives. So as an example, in 2006, I had congestive heart failure, okay? And and Theo tells me that in timelines one and two, I died. I didn't make it, okay? Wow. In, in uh, timelines three and four, uh, I'm still in the travel business in that life. I, I never got into the film distribution business, Okay. And, and in timelines like 9, 10, and 11, uh, I've been a writer all my life. I never got into film, uh, the film business. I, I, I was a writer and, and very, very well-known uh, in the mind, body, spirit area. Okay? Mm-hmm. So each one of your lives can be different. He said in one life you can be obese, in another life slim and trim. Wow. Okay. Now... The timelines are further broken down into twos. So one and two, three and four, five and six, seven and eight, etc. Okay, uh, are are coupled together. And and then what's strange is, is uh, I was told that timeline number twelve is non-physical. And when I heard that, I thought about it and thought about it, but I didn't ask the question for a while. And eventually, one day, I asked, okay. Why is timeline number 12 non-physical? And Theo said, it's because your soul wants to have the perfect life, okay? And the, and timeline number 12, the non-physical life, is the perfect, perfect life that the soul envisions for that life. And all the others are less perfect. Wow, that oh, is amazing. Wait, so you said timeline 12 is the per, like the perfect the perfect life because it's non-physical. We're uh, we're not physical in that life. I'd like so, to get there. But, <laughs> but can we but we can't access that from no. or there's no way to no. access that? Um, no. Uh I mean if if you raise your vibrational level, you can hmm. uh you can raise your vibration since we're on timeline number 6. You can raise your vibrational level up to the top of timeline number six, but okay. you can't raise it so much that you pop into timeline seven. Uh, only oh. like someone like a, a yogi could do that. Someone that you know dedicates their whole life to, you know, to sitting in a position and, and working on what, that kind of stuff. What I'm about, about the timeline. Tom, 
can through quantum jumping, as I can't think of the name of that guy that you know who I'm talking about, Bert Goldman, he talks a lot about quantum jumping, and that's how he accesses a lot of his information purportedly. But can we access information? Can I go to those different timelines and draw in any way in a dream state, in a channel state, in any kind of state, and access that me, so to say? Yeah, I mean, if, obviously, if you're, if you're recording dreams every every morning, then you've visited like I knew for sure long before I ever started talking to Theo that I must be having a parallel life where I was still in the travel business because I would have all these travel dreams that were you know were completely different than anything I'd ever experienced in the in the travel business okay so you'll you get hints of these other other lives uh, at least by recording your dreams and oh. and then certainly in in meditation probably you could um, I I know that as an example to give you one example reveals the mysteries uh, you know that shaman in the 1600s um, I just asked him the other day uh, he has died now in that timeline uh, I mean in that life he died at at the age of 58 which he says was quite old because. The, uh, the lives there were so severe. They were starving every winter, not enough wow. food. You know, they didn't they didn't have sure. canoes at that time. They didn't have horses at that time. He said they had sturdy feet because they walked everywhere. <laughs> and he said, and I asked him, I said, did you contact me from timeline number six? You know, he's my he's one of my guides now. And and, he, and I asked him, oh, did wow. you t- uh, contact me on timeline six, or were you at a higher timeline? And he said, no time, Tom, I contacted you from a higher timeline because it was easier because the timeline six life I, I was having was much harsher than the one I was having at the higher timeline. And he said, even even at that rate, our timelines were, were very difficult. Um, um, I had a question for you. I was, I was confused about what you meant by timeline, but you answered it by saying timeline is life or a different life. Is that correct? Well, they're yes, they're they're different um, use. I mean, they're used, but you're you're having you're having a life where you make different decisions, okay? But it's the same. In other words, you know, if you were born on you know July fifteenth, all of you were born around July fifteenth, okay? All okay. twelve parallels, okay? And, and it's just from that point forward, it depends on how high a frequency are you, uh, according to how easy the life I is or how that. hard the life is. I, I I've it. actually had um, a vision of something involving the Egypt, the pyramids, the Giza, and like me. Like I, I thought this person was me because I was seeing through his eyes, or I, I believed it is me. But they were instructing somebody to do something, like move, like as if I was a supervisor, so to speak, uh-huh. on the buildings of the pyramids, and I been having it for a while but I didn't realize what it was until yeah, but I don't you don't you think that's a past life instead? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, as and, compared um, to a parallel life. Because you know, nobody on I, I bet on the upper timelines is doing any work in Egypt. Um but Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and speaking of Egypt, I uh uh you know, I kept thinking, well you know, if the general way is at least 350 or 60 years old, how much older is it? And so I decided to ask Theo one day, how old was the gentle way, you know, requesting these benevolent outcomes? 
and I was thinking maybe it's a thousand years old. I didn't know. And he said, mm-hmm. Ah, Tom. He said it dates back to your your days in Atlantis. And he said you were inspired to create the gentle way, and you had a million people out of the sixty million people, or probably it was much less by that time because uh, it had broken into islands. And he said he said uh, a, a million people were requesting benevolent outcomes, and they were not part of the hatred between the law of one and the sons of Belial. There was a lot of, um, of uh, uh, violence towards you know, each, other, uh, each other's face. And so he said about uh, this was 200 years before the islands finally sank into the sea, and you migrated uh, with, uh, with several thousand of your flock, as he called it, uh, through Portugal and Spain, and you resettled in Egypt. And he said, he said there was an Egyptian princess there that in her meditation was told that you were good people, and so she helped you resettle. And, of course, it was tropical at that time. It wasn't a sandy beach. And, uh, and he, he said, uh, that's your wife in this life. And hmm. he went on to tell me at another time that I was the very first priest of Egypt because I brought these healing instruments. I had a healing bowl that some, uh, that's been discovered. Um, they don't know how to make it, it works, but uh, somebody has discovered it's in a museum somewhere and, uh, and sort of like a pyramid book or something. And, and I, I became the first priest because I used these healing methods on the population because they were uh, not as advanced as the Atlanteans. Yeah. Wow. Um, I've also felt something too. Um, that I recently met a person who, um, when I first seen this person, it was like I like I felt I knew her, and like it was kind of like love at first sight type thing. This is like uh-huh. we we know we've so we've come to the conclusion that we we have had past lives together so far. I guess we're on number six, so I believe five of them. Some we were friends, some we were together. This one, we're just friends, and um, I believe maybe some the next one or whatever that we may be an item then, but like I didn't understand this whole you know different lives things until now. Now that I'm actually starting to hear about it and starting to understand it more, um, it's how would how how did um, how were you able to travel say to future timelines? Are oh, you I mean, me I, have, or, um, I, oh, you I haven't. Oh, okay. No, because, Sorry, I, because I mean, basically, I ask about my future lives with Theo, and, I mean, that's what you can do in, in meditation. You can ask about these things. So, I mean, okay. I know, as an example, uh, on the uh, 3400 era life, I'm going to be uh, uh, a space pilot on one of 17 star, uh, Earth starships. We're not going to be able to travel to the stars until about 3250, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody wow. thinks, oh, it's going to be, you know, Twenty five hundred or another thousand years. <laughs> yeah. So so basically thirty two fifty, and uh, but then after that life, I'm told that I'm going to be ha- have my next life in twenty six hundred uh, to get people ready for uh, to go to the stars in thirty two fifty, and then the next life after that, I'm going back to thirty four hundred to. Uh, to push people along to raise their vibrational level, but I'll be staying on Earth, and I will be completely separate 
than the life uh, on the starship. You know, I've, I've always questioned, like, okay, where do we go next? And I believe that, um, you know, that we're not, that there's something after. That there's, and now, now that I'm more in touch with all the concepts of, you know, past lives, or actually, I believe that there, there are past lives and, you know, there's stuff in the future. Um, I forgot where I was going. Where's this? I, I'm a paranormal investigator, and I'm um, also actually projecting like protection around us just because of what I do. So uh-huh. I've missed some of this stuff. So I'm just actually mm-hmm. finally able to calm or uh, relax and actually hear what you're saying. So that's why I'm asking so many questions because it's actually quite interesting. There's a lot of stuff I thought as a child, and now it's you know I'm hearing it again. So right, but, and and you don't. You don't necessarily, as I explained with these last where I was hopping around different times, um, as an example, my my wife's next life is going to be as a, a, a priest in ancient Egypt not too long, uh, supposedly after uh, the last life, uh, you know, um, uh, where she helped us resettle. And it's going to be a significant life. She's going to be a male priest. And I'm going to be her assistant, but it's a past life for me. It's a life that I had 130 lives or so ago, oh, wow. and, and I'll be her assistant. Okay, so so it, it's really kind of weird the way you, you know, it's whatever whatever learning you need to pick up is. Uh, it doesn't matter which which time, uh, I mean, which time you go to uh, if you can learn something out of a particular life. Yeah. Um, I have a question about, um, well, not so much Theo, but um, you referred to a couple. You referred to a guide. You referred to Theo. So you have more than one guide because in my case, I don't know why, but nobody's really stepped forward. I actually call them they. Is that common, or what do you think about that? Why do I have a they? <laughs> like well, the okay. bunch of voices, you know? Okay. Um, uh, now, this is what I've been told, okay? So... Um, uh, you have one guardian angel. Everybody has okay. one guardian angel that's so powerful you don't need any more than – you don't need two guardian angels. You just have one. Then you have one or two of your of your uh, soul cluster uh, uh, members, okay, that are also your, um, uh, your uh, uh, guides, okay, and they're with you your whole life. And then you have other guides that will come in and out of your life according to what you're doing. So as an example, when I was in the travel business, I had a couple of guides that helped me in the travel business. When I got into the film distribution business, I had a couple of guides that came in that were knowledgeable about about film and, and TV distribution. And then I picked up a couple of guides that are very experienced writers and uh, to help me in writing. And of course, the 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 travel guides they they when their work was done they left. So that's kind of the way it works. You'll have, and and I know my mother is one of my guides because she helps me with all things feminine because like eighty percent of the people that subscribe to my newsletter are women. Well, you're very charming, and you have a great radio voice. Lucky you. Can I uh, can I keep you too? Yes, what? 
all I'm saying, can I get one of those things so I can have all them uh, subscribe to me as well? <laughs> oh, Ian, you have plenty. I, you know how I am. They, <laughs> if, you, if, you need them, if you need them, you know they're there. So, I mean, awesome. that's just the way it works. Um, uh, and, and they're always downloading things into your mind. I call them the, the whispers in your ear, okay? They're, they're always trying to help you out. It's just learning to listen better to what they're whispering in your ear. Uh, as one example, um, I, I one time asked about Bob Dylan, okay, because he, he would sing so many different songs, different types of songs. Ah. And, I, and I was told uh, that... Uh, that uh, Theo said, well, if you can imagine like this line of composers, and they're all lined up one after another to give him a, a different song after the other. So that's that's the way you can you can imagine it. Wow, that's really interesting. I have a, Okay, I have another question. I'm interested in the technical part of this just because comparing it to my own experience. But so can you talk to Theo right now and ask questions, or do you have to get into a meditative state? Does it have to be one-on-one? Are there rules with your communication? Because I get yeah. my communication somewhat constantly. I don't, Maybe not the interaction. I tend not to do that in certain places as far as me talking back or asking questions. But, you know, I get downloads, like I was sharing with you earlier, all the time. You know, it's just right. random. Well, okay, in my case, I feel the most comfortable when I know I'm in an altered state and I know okay. I'm receiving the best to my ability. And I and I tell people I'm you know I, I think I'm in the 80 to 90 percent range most of the time, 100 percent certainly at times. Um, uh, I, I'm as I I think I may have mentioned to you in in our quick conversation this afternoon. Um, uh, I'm getting better at numbers and names, mm-hmm. and Theo says that after December the 21st, it's going to get a whole lot easier when we switch over to the fifth focus because right now we're at like 3.90 on the on the third focus scale, and when we bridge over to the fifth focus, we're going to be at 5.0000, okay, the bottom run, and uh, but it's oh. going to be high enough that that will be able to to do these meditations and receive messages much much easier. And Tom, I just wanted to say something uh, that kind of happened to me a few days ago. Um, this year, I've had a lot of communication coming back and forth, especially since my mother passed away. I think I've had a lot of guides and angels around me and that I've been working with. But when I was on the airplane to go out to Colorado. I got this license plate number in my head, and the thing I got was just write it down. You'll see it in Colorado, and you'll know that this confirmation that you're getting isn't just your head. And so I wrote down the license plate, and on my third day in Colorado, I walked right by that car. The only thing was off that was off was I wrote down a, an N instead of a Y, but it was the exact sequence of numbers and letters, and I just sure. thought that was wild. <laughs> yes, and, and a lot of times uh, there'll be a song, you know, that that will come up uh, that that will be a love song to you or something like that, and, and it's your guardian angel, you know, saying, "Hey, look, I'm here. Here's the song." Or it'll be, you know, you'll go to a hotel 
looks like in my travels, I kept uh, seeing uh, room 103. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, 203 or or 302 or 401. Uh, anything that added up to five, I would know. You know, Theo was saying hello, and this was long before I began speaking with him. So they're always trying to let you know that they are there. They love you uh, dearly. I, uh, Theo keeps telling me when when I have a message for somebody, tell them that their guardian angel loves them dearly. That's that's you know, one of the favorite things that. to say. It's funny you mention that because I've always had every time I see the number three two two, it yep. means something to me. And my birthday is March twenty second, but I, yep. every time I see three two two, it just comes up so randomly. But it just seems profound that it stands out to me. It's funny that you mention that as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I might take this time uh, just to kind of mention that I, I do have a weekly newsletter where people send me in questions from all over the world, and I ask Theo and also ask Gaia, the soul of the earth, because uh, I let her handle the, the earth questions like earthquakes and things like that, which are coming. And... Um, uh, and, and then I also communicate with another Soul Cluster member by the name of Antura, and Antura is an amphibian on that same water planet, and he's coming to visit us in 2017, uh, two years after the Pleiadians make first public contact in Europe. So those are kind of my normal people, but I I communicate with the sun, I communicate with the moon, uh, Mars, <laughs> I don't know. The ocean? Uh, no, not I haven't uh, haven't uh, that to me is kind of Gaia Gaia's realm. Okay. So um, that's I ask her questions and and uh, uh, you know she says like this summer we're having it's going to be off and on hot. She had told me before the summer started that this is. I said surely it's not going to be as hot as last summer, and she said. Uh, almost, just barely cooler. And she was talking about Texas for us, and we've been barely cooler. Uh, <laughs> At least I know now how to expect the rest of my summer. But uh, <laughs> she also says the winter, uh, the winter coming up for us is going to be extremely harsh for everybody. It was so said, mild for us last winter, so that's really interesting because I think we had snow in Ohio, central Ohio, Tom one time and it was barely an inch. It was excessively mild, no ice, nothing. So that's very yeah. And, and then what? Look what happened to you for the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, true. So that's so interesting. Well, you are definitely so, a, a fascinating and entertaining guest. I mean, I'd really like you to give all your information. I'd like you to um, tell where we can get your book. And how we can contact you, and if you're going to be appearing anywhere. So let us know how we can, um, you know, further the communication that you've opened up with everyone here. Okay, um, everyone can can go to my website, which is uh, which is com, and uh, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter on the on the homepage. Uh, you can look at the blogs and even sign up for the blogs, which have nothing but MBO story after story, very inspiring stories. I have a couple of sample chapters of my first book on the uh, on the website, and uh, and lots of other things, uh, signs that you can print out to 
to remind you to request benevolent outcomes. And and also there's other signs that I didn't I didn't have a chance to mention that if you'll read that whole signs page, there's some other things that you can be saying each day that are benevolent outcome requests and all that that take you for the whole day and the whole week that will give you amazing results. Um, you know whether it's it's money or whatever uh, that you're looking for, and um, uh, then uh, of course on Facebook I'm listed as Tom P. Moore. I've got uh, the book on Facebook also. Appreciate it if anybody would like it, if they uh, if they'll hit the old like button, and um, uh, I'm I'm going to appear, be appearing <laughs> in Fort Worth uh, on in August 19th. Um, uh, and um, uh, at a church, but uh, I, then I'm, I may be appearing in McKinney, Texas, for a workshop on August 26th, which is my birthday. That may be kind of strange, but that has hasn't been formalized yet. We just started working on that yesterday. Um, so that's uh, kind of it. Uh, if you'd like, I I can give people the locations of where Atlantis and Lemuria were. Wow, what a treat. Of course we'd love that. My daughter, uh, who's majoring in archaeology, will especially like that. <laughs> this will. This is uh, uh, going to be in my next newsletter. Uh, I've I basically got the longitudes and latitudes, but for people not into longitudes and latitudes, basically Atlantis, sort of the top of it, the northern t- uh, tip of it, would be about equal with Newfoundland. Okay, mm-hmm. and the bottom, uh, the bottom side of it would be basically a, a little south of Florida, um, you know, around the Bahamas, and it extended over to the Bahamas, and it also extended over and sort of ran fairly close to Africa at one point. So you can get an idea, and, and I might add both. Uh, well, Atlantis was about 10% larger than the continent of Australia, and and Lemuria was about a little less than 10% uh, larger, maybe 5% or so. Uh, and Lemuria was located with the northern part of it being, oh, uh, let's just say, uh, equal to the northern part of Japan, uh, extending down, encompassing a little bit of, of the Japanese islands, and going all the way down to latitude 12.5, which would be equal to, oh, not as far down as Indonesia, but um, I'm trying to look at a map right here. Uh, It's not as far down as the equator. So it's like um, if if someone was to look at a map with longitudes and latitudes, it was at 12.5 degrees um, uh, latitude. So... It's, um, uh, but both both of them, as I say, were a little bit larger than Australia. So that's what I've gotten so far. I keep working on. It. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That's awesome, um, groundbreaking kind of information. And thank you for sharing it on our show and giving us a sneak peek. And we are close to running out of time, so I'm going to say thank you again, Tom. I'd love to have you back sometime if you'd like to come back and we can delve into all these things. Can I co-host again, Matthew? No. You're grounded. Oh. 
Okay. Could you email me his uh, contact information so I could uh, go ahead and check, like, him on Facebook and his book? Right. Awesome. Yeah, and I can send you all that, too, because he gave that, thank and we're going to run over. We've got, like, a, a just a minute. But thank you so much. I wish you the best, Tom. You're, you're lovely, and thank you for being all of who you were called to be in this lifetime. We really appreciate it. I loved, uh, loved being on the show, and, and I look forward to being with you again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great Take night. Thank you. Uh-huh. you Bye. Too. Good night. Okay, I want to mention really quick, Kara, before you take us off, because we really don't have time to do much else. Um, Ian, you can give your contact information really quick if you'd like. Um, and friend me on Facebook, Ian Rubel, and parentheses, Parahor. And then for Twitter, it would be at Ian underscore IPS. He's so charming. And um, Kara, right. can you give your information really quick? Uh, the easiest way to find me is strangedaysindeed.com, and we can connect from there or on Twitter at Coast to Coast Kara. And, of course, I'm Serene Wellness on Twitter, Kimberly McGeorge on Facebook, or Serenity Natural Wellness on Facebook. And I thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a marvelous night, like mind-blowing. If it's mind-blowing for me, it's pretty much mind-blowing for everyone <laughs> because of the things oh, yeah. I do. I do want to tell everyone I am going to be on um a Canadian group, Crypt Paranormal, is going to have me on their show in a half hour. If you want to go to um, on his podcast, if you want to go to Spreaker, S P R E A K E R dot com, I will be heading over there in a half hour to switch topics and talk about the paranormal and paranormal equipment that we are developing. So, Kara, if you want to take us out, thank you, Ian. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kara. Thank, thank you. you for having me on. I'm glad I could uh, provide the protection and keep things away. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Good night, America. Good night. Thanks for listening on our Secrets Everything with Dr. Kimberly, Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Block Talk Radio. Radio.